Jones, Indiana Jones, it's a podcast about Indiana Jones, every movie, one minute at a time, Indiana Jones, Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute, the podcast in which we celebrate and discuss the film Raiders of the Lost Ark one minute at a time. I'm Pete Mummert. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm intern Jerry Porter. And we're excited once again to introduce our new theme song, written and performed by the legendary Kevin Murphy, whom you may remember as Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater and from his uh, current work on riff tracks. Um, we're very excited about our new song. How in the world did you ever, like when you were in college watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, did you ever think, oh, yeah, that robot over there, he's going to write, write, write me a song for something <laughs> called the podcast? That's incredible. I did think that actually, but um, yeah, <laughs> we, are, we are very thankful. <laughs> and thank you, Kevin Murphy. And also, not just it's cool that he did it, but the song's awesome. I listened to it yes. like just for the heck of it. Oh, I do too. It's inc- it sounds beautiful. It's gorgeous, and it, it works yeah. in so many themes from John Williams. It's it's great. <laughs> but anyway, back to the the task at hand. Minute one thirteen begins with our three animal handlers and ends one minute later with the model makers. Yeah, this might be the most important minute or of the credits, if not the movie. We get uh, three major like. Uh, you know, Lucasfilm movie guys. And the first of those is Ben Burt, our hero, Ben Burt, the unsung hero, the secret hero. <laughs> the master of the toilet lid, the Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, the casserole, the skateboard, <laughs> the meat-filled jacket. <laughs> and I, I wonder how his didn't come first, like how it just didn't, like the credits didn't start. Thank you, Ben Burt. Yeah, a Ben Burt joint. The frying, the frying coconut. <laughs> yeah, Ben Bird Frank. I don't know. I don't know if I don't think he did that, did he? <laughs> Not yet. Like he yeah. If he's, he's listening, giving him ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the house, Mister Bird. <laughs> Go with it. Yeah, I like. We've got our three animal handlers: Michael Culling, Steve Edge, and Jed Edge. Jed Jed was famous for. Uh, going to his interview with Steven Spielberg with a Cobra and Steve asked him, could you please keep that away from me? But he liked him so much. He became the snake guy for the movie and he brought his son Steve along as well. Awesome. Yeah. And apparently he also did animal handling for star Wars and I'm not quite sure what that entailed, but maybe snakes and Dagobah. Oh, I bet it totally was. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. In fact, didn't John say that there was like a legless lizard in, that, in, in, in Dagobah? <laughs> I don't think I'm kidding. I think he actually did. Might, he might have said that. He did might have. Well, there's one way to find out. Nope. <laughs> I, th- I think we did, we did just find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we get Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. Is, I mean, you know, we wouldn't know what anything looked like without him. He, he, uh, we first love him from Star Wars. Uh, you know what? I didn't even bother looking him up. I didn't even look up his credits because he's well, just so like ubiquitously awesome. Yeah, like, but it's funny because he didn't do much for this movie. He did, I think he did the illustration of the Ark in the Bible that Porkins looks at. Yeah, but I think that's all. I don't think he did storyboards or concept art for this movie. 
Uh, God, I think you're right. I yeah, think that was all Jim Steranko. So yeah, but did, did he did he draw the actual Ark of the Covenant with the Hebrews like the yeah the fire lightning the power of yeah. God? Yeah, yep, that was him. <laughs> yeah, I mean he doesn't need to draw anything else. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, I had a uh, I had like a, a, a Return of the Jedi portfolio of his uh, of his artwork from Return of the Jedi, and it was one of my prized possessions for a while. It was super cool. It's like his I, paintings of stuff. I had a question about uh, about him specifically. You know, you guys remember that when you go get the Star Wars cards or Empire Strikes Back cards, and on the Empire Strikes Back cards, they they would always have the Ralph McQuarrie like they'd throw it in as one of his paintings. With like it would be you'd get a set of like ten or fifteen cards, and frequently there'd all there'd, there'd be a Ralph McQuarrie painting, yeah. like an illustration. But did they ever do that on the Star Wars ones or in any of the other movies that he that he did with the card series? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, we're probably getting Every, everybody thought I'd suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, I'm just thinking, like, I, I know I was more into, I, I, I was more actively collecting the Empire Strikes Back cards than I did the Star Wars cards. I'm sure that, like, you know, they do, like, series and series and series of those things. So after their while, well, that's, probably, I mean, that's, I, I knew you'd know, Star Wars pictures. you know, you'd know exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. But I'm not talking about the series and series and series and the redos and the 1997 throwbacks. I mean, the original, when they originally came yeah. out, yeah, you'd get the Empire Strikes Back cards. It had and a little gold, like, plate yeah. at the bottom, mm -hmm. like, as right. if it was a painting. Mm -hmm. a and did, I don't remember I don't, that. I don't remember those from the original card series, the original movie. Oh, really? I mean, I don't remember oh, the, from, the paintings from, from Star Wars. Wars. From... Yeah, there might have yeah, been, I don't... but I, they're not jumping out at me. I'm trying to picture them as cards, too, and I can't. And I'm wondering, did, I, I don't remember that for uh, Star Wars cards, and I don't remember it for Return of the Jedi one. Either except by then, I think I uh, yeah. I I liked girls by then. <laughs> right, you had cards of girls. I do remember though, as a kid, like <laughs> thinking Ralph McQuarrie's art was really disturbing, just because it didn't look quite like Star Wars. They're like Darth Vader looked different, and C three PO like looked, yeah. like everybody looked so different from the way it was in the movie. And as a kid, that I just hated it. But then as an adult, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. One thing that's extremely cool about the show Rebels, we're, we're only talking about Star Wars right now, by the way. But that's <laughs> uh, the show Rebels that's on now, the cartoon, they um, a lot of the designs of like characters and ships and stuff are just leftover stuff from his Star Wars work that didn't make it into the movie or that got designed to the point where it didn't look like that anymore. So you've got like early versions of stormtroopers running around as like different kinds of soldiers, they're not stormtroopers, you know, and like. You know, different old cool ships and stuff. It's very cool. Oh, that is cool. Well, and, oh, and like one of the main characters is like what Chewbacca used to look like in like an early poster, like a concept <laughs> art poster for Star Wars. See, I, I'm I'm with you, Pete. I those things used to scare the hell out of me. The, the <laughs> Ralph McQuarrie uh, paintings on that, and I, although I appreciate it now, at the time you're like. Hell is this? It's like yeah, seeing it's your like... mom and she has a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, the, what, like... what do they call it? The uncanny valley where something <laughs> is realistic enough that it's disturbing but not realistic <laughs> enough to, to really ring true. Yeah. When you're like, I could have had a card of Chewbacca. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Instead I have this. Wearing a vest. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. 
<laughs> anyway, I was just curious uh, because I know he's instrumental in so well in so many of these movies. Yeah, but yeah, that the arc, that beautiful, beautiful old illustration, like sort of steel engraving of the arc is his. You know what's really cool? He also did a uh, he did some concept stuff for Star Trek: The Motion Picture that, that they didn't use at all, but it's like a weird like triangular sort of body for the Enterprise and stuff and all this crazy <laughs> thing. It's like kind of neat. I love this guy. We, we got some other good artists too. We've got Michael Pengrazio. He's come up a couple of times. He was uh, the matte artist who painted the, the warehouse at the end with all of the crates. Oh yeah. Um, he also did like almost everybody else in this movie also worked on Empire and Jedi. And he did, I think some of the backgrounds for the Hoth stop motion animation battle stuff. Oh, cool. It's so weird that somebody had to like make that stuff because the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> didn't exist yet. You yeah. had to like make it. That drives me insane. <laughs> uh, oh, we get Joe Johnston, who's yeah. listed here as an art director, visual effects. Yeah. And he has, I mean, yeah, he was like an original like ILM guy for Star Wars. Uh, worked on all the Star Wars films. Uh, I keep saying all the Star Wars films. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, the real Star Wars films. He directed The Rocketeer. Yeah. He directed uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There's probably some other things in there. And then the first uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, which I love. Um, so he's doing all right. He's good. He's, he's still with us. Still making stuff happen. <laughs> That's cool. We have a guy, Jim Kane. I don't know much about him. He's the Dolly Grip, but he just reminds me of our friend Jim O. Kane. From the <laughs> I airport thought of that minus too. Minus the O. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a... The matte painting supervisor, Alan Maley. Um, if you've ever seen his paintings, he paints really spectacular paintings, sort of the turn of the 19th and 20th century. Just these gorgeous, beautiful, giant paintings of kind of street scenes or scenes of life at the turn of the past century. Um, and he did, he was the supervisor for all the matte painting in this movie. Oh, I, uh, I played my uh, Tom Jody or Sam game for this minute. <laughs> uh, and there's a Samuel Comstock, but that doesn't count because my son's name is Sam, not Samuel. There's a Thomas Smith. I had a Tom Smith last minute. Now there's a Thomas Smith who's a production supervisor. And Tom Rossiter who, from Optical Lineup. So there you go. For those keeping score, there have been three Toms, no Jody, and no Sam yet. There's also a Jerry. There's a Jerry Dunkley. That's how I imagine you call yourself when you go down to Venice Beach and play basketball. <laughs> Got a lot Actually, of Jerry I, Dunkley. My my, uh, my two favorite, you know, my my favorite names is as I guess we're starting now. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, one was Jerry Dunkley, which, and I thought, you know, the Jerry part I understand because obviously <laughs> I'm I get that. That's what. But I thought, well, if my last name were Dunkley, you know, how would life be different? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. anytime somebody goes, "Hey, Jerry," that's the same. But right. when everybody says Mr. Dunkley, I mean, who knows what would have happened? <laughs> like um, I, would, <laughs> I would think if the name Dunkley were connected with your name, your your actual last name would be something like Dunk or Duncan or something, but you would somehow make it into Dunkley. Say, call me Dunkley. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Dunkle's my father. Call me Dunkley. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but the other name uh, that I really enjoyed was Dr. Felicity Hotter. Yeah. 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 I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dr. Felicity. Yeah. 
Um, Specializing in pleasure. Oh, you know, one name I liked it. If if I had to choose one of these names, I like Howie Hammerman. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw Howie. That's Hammerman. a good one. That is Hammerman. Uh, you have to pronounce it that way. It's <laughs> Hammerman. Oh, one thing I have to make. We, we talked about this uh, a lot off the air. Um, we realized that uh, we made a big, huge deal in minute. What was it? Seventy-eight about. Uh, haven't you got any breath in you? And we realized that unless you're on Facebook and part of our uh, listeners' crusade, <clears throat> you wouldn't have heard the the upshot of that, like the 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 fallout. And so, uh, not to make you relive it, Jerry, but we had more than one uh, German-speaking <laughs> listener, uh, like Doris Weiss, and there was another guy too. I'm I'm sorry, I forget his name right now. But uh, they confirmed that he is speaking German. He's not saying anything about breath. Regarding yeah. the breath in your comment from Minute 78, Pat Roach's character is definitely speaking German, not English. My German wife might be able to translate. Shoot, I want to find Doris's too, though. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, here yeah. it is. Um, Doris Weiss on August 17th, uh, former and future guest of the program, uh, explained the fight scene as she hears it. Uh, the... Uh, the fracas-seeking German Otto von Bluto says, "Have you got any breath in you?" Stop it! That's, <laughs> That's never funny. Oh, just let me live it for a minute. <laughs> oh my God! I was doing. I'm sorry. I owe you a big apology, Gary. <laughs> Happy birthday! Uh, oh my God! Doris like says, uh, as Indy climbs up the plane to get to the pilot. Uh, Otto says, hey, Slim One, come, come, come fight. Slim One. <laughs> come on, come yeah. down now. And then he, he pulls Indy up after he punches him down. And he says, come here. Uh, I'm going to punch your gob, I tell you. <laughs> I'm going to punch your gob, I tell you. It's like his Popeye. I don't, you know what? I don't mind being wrong. If that's the answer, yeah, I'm going to punch I mean, your gob, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. No, Come, I'm gonna punch your gob. I tell you, I'm much. Glad, okay. I, I'm. I, I'm so relieved that it's actually that, and then it's not just like gib, uh, gibberish or something. Yeah. I mean, that's like really actually satisfying. And I have to say, in a way, Jerry, I'm a little sad that we finally figured this out because <laughs> it was like a fun little tantalizing, annoyingly unsolvable thing for a long time. And oh, I, I feel like it's, you opened up the ark and there's sand inside. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, you're not wrong. That's, yeah. yeah. Our friendship is slipping through my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. And Jared took it, uh, he took it in stride. He screamed his head off on Facebook and it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> my son was imitating that today, actually. Well, we had, we wanted to talk about a couple of, Big questions, like, remember that monkey? <laughs> no. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought, you know, which, you know, which of the characters is the most, and this is basically directed at you, Pete, and you're going to have like four <laughs> answers, but which of the characters would you say is most unsung? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, that's a no-brainer for you, Pete. Well, I, I mean, my obvious answer, I guess, would be Baranka. Yeah. 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 The man who did his his very best to save the 
the archaeological artifacts, the historical relics in the Chachapoyan temple at the beginning and paid with his life. I, I guess hero Baranka. And gets labeled a, a villain by most yeah. people. Yeah. For all his efforts. <laughs> yeah. And was he, uh, was he Belloc's first victim in this movie? Yeah, I guess that we see, yeah. Yeah. And none of this forest all business. Stop that. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Belloc's hanging outside the cave for like months and months and months and months. <laughs> waiting for some, you know, Ivy League stiff to... <laughs> <laughs> wait, but, but it can't be Ivy League if it's in California, can it? Ah, uh, no, stop, you're stop, right. Stop, it's got to be Ivy League. So you guys must be wrong. Safe zone, safe zone. Well, I mean, but after, I mean, you did. You were a staunch Baranca fan. Um, has any of that changed? No, not at all. I, I especially like the more I watch this movie, and the more you see some of the kind of questionable decisions Indy makes with regards to his fellow human beings and sort of archaeological historical treasures, I think Baranka shines brighter and brighter. <laughs> Tommy? I'm going to, mine's a little obvious too, but I mean, because people like this guy, but um, he's incredible. He's not just cool. He's incredible. I'm going to say Katanga. He's not <laughs> in the movie that much. He's only got, you know, like he's, we covered him in like less than a week, I think all yeah. the scenes. Eh, maybe a little over a week, but still, he uh, he goes above and beyond. He, you know, he could have uh, given up Indy at any point. He could have given up Marion. I mean, he kind of, you know, he has her snatched away from him, but, what, you know, he tried. Uh, and he's awesome. He he sees people, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, well, I don't know. We never asked this. Is he getting paid in any way, Katanga? Do they have to pay him to, like, cart them to England? Or is he just kind of like... Does Sala it, get screwed again? Like, does Sala have to cough up the money now? <laughs> I don't know. Like well, we don't, I mean, we never talk about whether or not... You know, what 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 does Sala get in any of this at all? He might have the headpiece that he can... <laughs> I mean, what, what are you going to do? Put it on eBay? Probably. <laughs> As a son nobody likes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to go home to him. Hooray. <laughs> I remember Sal's kid. <laughs> oh, my God. He kept going out to the bunk bed. Go in your room and be depressed. Just don't do it in front of me. <laughs> yeah, we don't know, but that's an excellent question. I mean, we don't know what Marion gets at the end of the movie other than she's like well i know what i have here well she was promised five thousand clams so she better yeah. at least get that a uh, good point good point um we know that there's a settlement and uh although the monetarily the settlement is fine but the situation um is uh unacceptable right totally uh, but we have has so, so many dollar signs in his eyes i, I just wonder that must be a big settlement like that must be a, yeah, a nice <laughs> yeah. monetary amount. Yeah. And I mean, you get the impression that is Marcus included or does he not care at all? Hey, what did Marcus get out of that at all? Like he was expecting to get the Ark in, in his museum and now he's got nothing. Like Indy at least got paid. Did Marcus get paid in some way? Well, see, I'm, just, I'm assuming, yeah, they got plenty of money and they both just took the next plane to Marrakesh and they just kind of stocked up for the museum. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Those, well, uh, and we don't know. It doesn't appear that Sala gets anything. It doesn't appear that Katanga gets anything. 
Yeah, I mean, what would they have paid Katanga with? Unless they promised him 15 when they reach Alderaan. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this, and this would I'd also file this under one of the biggest revelations that we were talking about in previous minutes. But um, for unsung people, I'd choose Omar. <laughs> yeah. Because, I, I mean, he's so unsung, it's not even a note. I mean, people were posting pictures of him <laughs> and, like, the name of the actor. So, wait, 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 wait. Omar's in the movie? And the guy played him? Right. I thought he was just this, like, you know, faceless, helpful guy who has a garage. <laughs> well, I, I like it, this is the second epiphany you've had, Jerry. You've gone from who the ship horn is Omar to Omar's <laughs> the unsung hero of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, first of all, I had no idea that he even existed. That's how unsung he is. <laughs> and second of all, he's the linchpin of actually getting the arc. I mean, once Indy hijack and commandeers the, the truck to Omar's garage, it's like that's where they hide it. And I assume that's where they make the preparations to get it on the Bantu wind in uh, safety. And that's also where Sala has his uh, dalliance with Marion. Right. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big figure. And I didn't even know until we, I watched it this time, like the 118th time, mm -hmm. that there's a guy named Omar. <laughs> yeah. So, but there is one little asterisk. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, for me, unsung hero, but I still am a little funny about, eh, you know, we, 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 I don't want, no, no one sold anybody out on the Bantu wind. I don't know if there was some duplicity, could it have been at Omar's garage? Oh, stop it. <laughs> Come on. All those guys, the mangoes and the dancing—nothing yeah. but happy. All right, all right, all right. You know what? Forget it. The okay. Nazis just got lucky and they yep. checked all the ships. Yeah, they're the very efficient okay. people. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, good. Well, should we? Uh, should we? You guys have anything else for this minute? Uh, not really. No, we could. We could do this all day. We've been doing it for months. <laughs> We've been yeah, doing it. Well, Jerry, uh, where would people go to find us if they want to tell us who their favorite unsung hero of this movie is? Oh, well, then I would uh, recommend going to the Indiana Jones Minute.com website, which has, uh, well, Pete's <laughs> Museum, which is amazing. And there's two wings. Two wings, people. Two wings. It broke Christy Porter. <laughs> it did. It broke her in half. It, it broke my sister. The same way Indy, like, when he realized there's sand, he let out the little smirk. <laughs> um, or you could find us at uh, on Facebook with the Indiana Jones Minute. And there's also the Indiana Jones uh, Listener's Crusade, which uh, you can come and talk about. Uh, the podcast and what we're discussing now. And it's it's actually, there's a, a whole group of people that are discussing all sorts of ideas about Omar and hats and Bantu winds and everything. <laughs> it's great. Great. And you, listener, can join us tomorrow for Minute 114 
and our penultimate episode for this season of the Indiana Jones Minute. Jones. Jones. <laughs> Jones. And Pete, you're supposed to say, uh, please do, after the... Uh... After the pitch. After the <laughs> 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 really awkwardly, really like unsubtle, really just, you know, like you clearly don't have anything else to say. You just throw that in. 